everyone and welcome. JJ Walsh here in Hiroshima and welcome to another edition of Sustainable Travel Japan. Today I'm talking about a rather unusual destination. It's one of my favorite places to take walking tours through、uh, virtually or in person. It is called the Museum of Garbage and it is located in Hiroshima City, but at the end of the urban area. And the design is actually really interesting, which I'll be talking about later. But it was created to, instead of being a barrier between the urban and natural areas, it actually continues with an open hallway to make access from the urban areas to the natural areas. So it's really. A stunning, impressive, and thought provoking visit. So, don't most of us feel like our garbage issues are over once we put it in the disposed or garbage bin or away somewhere in a recycling bin? But the garbage and waste management costs of every society around the world, it's not only a lot of money、um, and manpower. It is also something that every one of us is involved in in some way. So, isn't it worth trying to make it more efficient and better managed? At the end of 2019, I had the chance to go to the Recology Recycling Center in San Francisco, and that really opened my eyes to a lot of the differences and similarities between the waste management infrastructure in Japan. And in San Francisco.、Um, so, this is an incinerator in Hiroshima City. And like I said, this is one of my favorite walking tours to do for visitors to Hiroshima. It was also in the recent film Drive My Car.、Um, they came to this facility. And they actually, in the film, were able to go up to the sixth floor. And watch、uh, the garbage being dumped in the inside、uh, areas, which you can't see from the Ecorium, the Ecology Plus Atrium Museum part.、Um, I'm trying to get a reservation to go up there and experience that as well sometime.、Um, <clears throat> the interesting thing I, I just、um, discovered is that this facility. Was built at the end of the Peace Line. Now, anyone who goes、um, to Hiroshima City and you visit the Peace Memorial Park, you will notice that the A Bomb Dome and the、um, Eternal Flame and the,、uh, the pond, the Peace Pond, the water underneath the Eternal Flame, and then the Cenotaph. Where a lot of incense is burnt.、Uh, people put flowers there、um, and pray for people who lost their lives、um, in the nuclear attack. And then there's a hallway、um, that leads to the museum. And then behind the museum is the more recent Gates of Peace. And then if you continue behind them all the way to the sea, It's a straight line to this ecorium, this garbage、uh, incinerator facility. And that was done on purpose. That's part of the peace line design. 
And this project, the incinerator project, was actually sponsored by the city as a part of the 100 years of city peace and culture project. So between 1945 and 2045, um, they want these significant projects to represent a future goal and philosophy of being the peace city and the culture promotion city. Um, so architect Yoshio Taniguchi uh, created this ecorium, ecology and atrium uh, name together. Um, and he was uh, an intern of Kinzo Tange, who was the architect for the Hiroshima Peace Memorial um, Museum and Park. Um, so you do notice a lot of the similar minimalist um, designs, the modernism um, that is often seen in, in these designs by architects who follow this uh, similar uh, structure. And uh, Tanke's vision for the Peace Park was to design the park with clean, minimal open spaces where the line of the most significant structures, a bomb dome, eternal flame, museum, were all aligned. And uh, like I said, this goes all the way down um, many kilometers down to the sea to where this uh, incinerator is. And the incinerator is built in two parts so that there's a hallway that goes all the way through um, from the street out to the ocean on the other side. And that was done purposefully not to break the line, the peace line, but keep it open so that there was a open line from the peace park all the way through to the oceans. Um, the design did not come cheap, <laughs> as you can imagine. Um, he is a very successful uh, designer architect, Yoshio Taniguchi, and he actually designed the remodel of the New York MoMA Art Museum. And uh, many people really love that design that he did. So this project, the incinerator project, cost 400 million US dollars. Um, but when you visit, you're not only impressed with the design, but you're very impressed that it's not noisy. It's a very quiet facility. Uh, you also don't smell anything bad. Uh, you only smell the sea air. And if you look up at the chimney, you don't see pollution coming out of the chimney even on days when it's in operations. So it's very impressive. The facility was finished in 2004 and it has been dubbed by the architect himself as the Museum of Garbage. Um, the thinking behind the facility is to offer more education and transparency and awareness of garbage issues with the public. And uh, the museum aspect of it is open 24-7. You can go there any time of day and walk through and see the different uh, ex exhibits, um, the different models. You can see a dissected uh, garbage truck so you can see how it takes in the garbage in the back and crushes it 
and then smashes it into the main part of the garbage truck. Uh, you can see the garbage trucks going in and out. They drive under the facility and up the ramp at the back. And they have these really stylish round porthole type windows. Uh, you can watch the garbage trucks go in and out. Um, you can also see the beautiful views at the back. Uh, the park area behind is very popular for people uh, hanging out, having picnics, walking their dogs. Um, the front uh, concrete port area is very popular for people uh, spending the day fishing. It's very popular on weekends. So this is, it's a really interesting way to attract people um, because the building is so stylish. It's such a nice area. And then uh, they start thinking about garbage a little bit. So it's, it's a really interesting place to visit. Uh, you can, on the inside of the, the museum, you've got that beautiful hall that goes from the city side all the way to the seaside. Um, there's loads of big glass windows, so it's all lit by natural light only. There's no harsh lighting. Um, there's actually trees inside the facility as well. So they've, they've just done such a beautiful job. Um, you can also see the industrial uh, wet scrubbers um, that sort the ash after it's burnt. You can see the diagram where it shows the trucks um, going into the back and dropping their load and then all the garbage is picked up with big claws and put into the chutes and then it goes into the incinerator and it burns and turns the turbines to create energy and then the soot and the ash is sorted into different containers. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. I find it really fascinating and uh, guests are always really interested in this and many guests from around the world always comment why don't we have a facility like this in our area why don't we know how our garbage is burned or put into landfill so clearly and in such an informative educational and interesting way um so yeah it's very uh it's a very unusual destination but definitely somewhere uh, if you have time and you're in Hiroshima you would want to come and visit. You can also join uh, one of my virtual tours if you're interested. Uh, find me Joy in Japan on heigolive.com. Um, now one of the from the sustainability point of view um, the fact that it is so transparent, it's open to the public, that is really sustainable because it supports um, that transparency of information um, from government operations to public access. That's really important. And having it as a part of education, also really important. Uh, the fact that the systems run so efficiently that it creates very little air pollution is wonderful to see. Um, according to the official information, it creates 12,500 kilowatts of energy um, from the 400 tons of waste that it processes every day. Um, if you do a calculation, according to the Japanese government, uh, a household uses about 250 kilowatts of energy per month. Um, so you could estimate that it would power about 11,000 homes um, from processing the waste, which sounds great. 
Um, some of the issues, of course, is how much fossil fuel is used by the trucks to pick up the garbage and bring it here. How much fossil fuel is used to start the fires at the incinerator. How much environmental and social damage is done by putting the ash into landfill. How much fossil fuel is needed to do that as well. Um, that part of the story is not not very clear and not really talked about in the facility. One other thing that's not talked about in the facility, which I would love to see, is uh, giving ideas for better opportunities, better alternatives. Um, so encouraging um, people who visit the facility to reuse their own water bottles and fill up water bottles at home before they go out or fill up on the go in parks to reduce uh, buying single-use plastic water bottles or plastic drinks, um, which go straight to incinerators. Usually, less than 20% of all the plastic water bottles are recycled in any meaningful way. Um, so this kind of information about where we are and the challenges we are facing in terms of our garbage infrastructure and uh, better opportunities that people can choose to make uh, would also be really uh, useful and uh, nice to see. I would also love to see the facility talk about um, aims for the future. How do they aim to improve uh, their operations and become more sustainable in the next five years? I would love to see an aim that they become carbon neutral, uh, that they have a plan in the next five years to put renewable energy on the roof, uh, in solar or in front, in the windy front, where you could have a, a windmill, you could have wind energy, or uh, use more recent technology with wave energy, which the waves are right there at the facility. Um, they could have a plan to change all the garbage trucks into EV, electric vehicle charging um, at the station, if they had renewable energy, they could charge the EV garbage trucks right there and send the fleet out. And that would not only reduce their uh, carbon impact in terms of not using fossil fuels, it would also be better for the community because you would have cleaner air, you would have less exhaust uh, going into the communities when the garbage trucks go out. Um, I would also love to see any garbage facility talk about composting. Uh, when I visited the facility in San Francisco, Recology, that was one of the main reasons they think they were able to reduce waste by 30% that they have to deal with immediately because they have a bin for composting. All the kitchen waste goes to a compost facility and then the compost is turned into soil and used by local agriculture. I uh, had a similar conversation in the town, zero waste town of Kamikatsu in Tokushima prefecture on Shikoku Island. Uh, that small community there also has mandatory composting. They saw an immediate reduction by 30% of all their garbage issues when they made mandatory uh, composting. 
and they were supporting the local people in the community by uh, helping them buy electric composters if they didn't have a garden to compost in. Um, there's a lot of wonderful opportunities and solutions to reduce our waste, which would be wonderful to see them talk about in this uh, Ecorium, the Ecology Atrium Museum of Garbage as well. But all in all, a fantastic place uh, to go and visit and to learn about uh, this beautiful design as well as to learn more about how our waste is managed in our modern world. Uh, thanks for tuning in. It's great uh, sharing this story with you. If you have any comments, questions, I'd love to hear them. Please read all my links on Linktree slash JJ Walsh. Have a great day. See you next time.